0: Like the flood, I just want to keep singing, like the flood, like the flood, come on we need something don't we, nobody else, no just me, we need the Lord don't we, come on we need God to do something great don't we, Eh? and uh, you know we need God to challenge us and shape us and grow us. And uh, do all kinds of things in us because we want to become his. Now, this morning, we're continuing our series. I'm thinking, something. oh, I was going to tell you, um, on Easter Sunday in Cologne, they're having a baptism on, on the marketplace, well, in the square, outside the cinema. Isn't that great? And so they're baptizing 10 people um, uh, in, in the water. And I phoned Dom this week, and he was like, I said, how are you doing, Dom? He said, oh, I'm stressed. He, he said, uh, said why well, what's going wrong, mate? He said, I've got to figure out how to warm up. 4,000 liters of water outside. I've no idea how to do it. I mean, it's going to be cold, mate. It's going to be cold. I think he's warming to warm it up because he's going to be in the tank warming them, you know. So yeah, it's going to be great. So we praise God for lives being changed, don't we? Amen. Last week I was in Macedonia and um, with our little churches there. And uh, last Sunday morning I was uh, in in a church room, which was uh, there, I think there were... 12 of us. It was like being with the disciples. And, uh, and, you know, we just had a great time just in the presence of God. Just good to be with believers who are in humble circumstances. You know, poor, um, uh, not many opportunities in life, uh, not great experiences, um, but actually they just have such faith in God. It's very humbling to worship with people like that. And uh, people just like us, it's a great thing about the church. Everywhere you go, people are just like us. And, uh, you know, it's just great to be it. It was a privilege to be there and share with them and see what God's doing and cry with some of them who are going through real tough stuff. You'll be pleased to know that I was with Ilya, uh, the little boy who, who suffered so many tragic burns last uh, um year and uh, he's um, probably um, well he physically he's pretty recovered he's on his he's able to go to school um, he's able to he's very mobile he's still got quite severe scars on his um, ha- arms from the fire which will probably take about three years to go so um, he has to put cream on three or four times a day and he's got a great big scar over his belly um, so I've got a great big scar down my belly so on top of the on top of the mountain overlooking the building we compared scars it was a beautiful it's a beautiful moment I mean I'll Share any time you want i 'll just, just come up, um, <clears throat> but uh, he just started because of course he 's got this big scar bless him and it's really he 's quite conscious of it, so I bed my belly, he bed his, and we showed Macedonia what pain looks like you know so <clears throat> there we go um, so today we 're in uh, the word <laughs> uh, let 's come back to earth quickly. Um, we're in uh, the, the parables. We started a series last week. Matthew started off on uh, the soil, the parable of the sower, and how that we have to cultivate the condition of our hearts, of our soil, so that we, if we're going to live in the kingdom, we have to keep our hearts right before God. And today I want to follow off from that with the parable of the unmerciful servant. Everybody say, Great, he's talking about forgiveness. <laughs> yeah. okay so we're there in Matthew chapter 18 verse 21 Peter came to Jesus and asked him Lord how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me up to seven times Jesus answered I tell you not seven times but seventy seven times or other translations say seventy times seven just so the math gets high And when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged. Well, you would be, wouldn't you? And they went and told their master everything that had happened. And then the master called the servant in and said to him, You wicked servant, I cancelled that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Wow, that's a verse, isn't it? How many amens to that one? Listen to this. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you, unless you forgive your brother or sister from the heart. Wow. What a parable. Uh, what, what is Jesus trying to teach us here? It's a great story, isn't it? I, I love Peter. You know, it's a great illustration of uh, uh, life, isn't it? You know, um, uh, that we come and talk about forgiveness. Um, uh, and Peter brings it to the table. You know, forgiveness is a characteristic of the kingdom of God. You know, the Bible says that uh, uh, Jesus on the cross cried out to his Father, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Isn't that an amazing thing? On the cross, he he spoke of the people who were persecuting him, who were crucifying him, were killing them, and he said, Father, forgive them, they do not know what they are doing. He said, they don't understand what's happening. You know, how many times do we get hurt by people who don't really understand what they're doing to us? They might have a reason for doing what they're doing, just as the Romans had and the Pharisees had. But they don't really know what they're doing. And Jesus sets us the example that should be, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Wow. Does anybody else find that hard? Yeah. It's a strong word from the Lord, isn't it? Forgiveness is the heart of God. You see it in the Old Testament, the psalmist prayed, Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. The Bible reveals a God who loves to forgive people and to redeem them and restore them. He reveals a God who cares for people who get things wrong. And that's why Jesus tells this parable in response to the question that Peter brings. And Peter's feeling pretty good, you know. He thinks he's found something that's going to impress Jesus. you know, Jesus is going to be really impressed by my my magnanimous nature. And he says, So, you know, and you, I, I, I think I can imagine him doing this as a little bit of a uh, teaching moment for everybody else. So the other disciples are sitting around, and Peter goes, Well, tell me, Jesus, how many times should I forgive someone? And he's almost saying, Listen, lads, listen to how great I am. Do you know what I me. Mean? And then he goes, Seven times? As if to say, Well, wow, isn't that amazing? And Jesus blows him out of the water in a moment. Says no, 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 no! You don't understand. You should forgive them seventy-seven times, or seventy times seven. Actually, you should forgive them so much more than you think you should. And all of a sudden, Peter's big statement, all of a sudden, is just done. And when you, when Jesus says seventy times seven, if as somebody doing the math, that's four hundred ninety times. He's not saying forgive them four hundred ninety times and then let them have it. Because let's face it, there's a temptation, isn't there, Jimmy? Tick him off. Only 487. Three more, and then I'm going to get those people, Jimmy. He's not saying that. He's saying, look, forgiveness is something that represents the kingdom of God. Forgiveness is something that speaks about God's heart for people, and therefore we have to cultivate that and practice forgiveness. We have to learn to forgive because that's what makes us like our heavenly Father. And so we are challenged by this. And so I want to pull out some principles about forgiveness and, uh, 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 and unforgiveness, really, from this parable. First is this. Our actions leave us either in surplus or in deficit with God and other people. How we behave leaves us in surplus. So, you know, we all know that, don't we? We understand that. But we need to get that right at the beginning of our uh, thinking when it comes to forgiveness and unforgiveness. Everything we do either builds us a store with people or withdraws it. One of the reasons relationship breaks down is because people withdraw far more than they put in. We all have it, don't we? That's the final straw. The bank is empty. No more. And we see it, this deficit that starts to arrive. And, and we see this with this parable that Jesus says, therefore the kingdom of heaven is like... Isn't that interesting? The kingdom of heaven is saying, listen, if you want to understand God in his dealings with men, if you want to understand how God relates to us, think about this story. He says a king... Um, wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he began the settlement a man who owed him ten thousand bags of gold was brought to him. What an amazing picture. Because it says this. It says that actually uh there is an account that comes at the end of our transactions with God. There, there is an accounting for the deficit that we create. There is an accounting that, that we have to settle with people. You know, we, we all have that with people, don't we? Sooner or later, something has to be restored with people or else we just live in bitterness and uh, emptiness in our lives. We'll talk about that in a bit, a bit more. When we build up a deficit, it will lead to a settlement. You know, if you do not pay your credit card every month, there will come a time when the credit card man will call on the door and it will have to be settled. The debt has to be paid. And therefore, we need to understand when we come to these uh, issues of forgiveness and grace, actually, we need to recognize in our relationships, if we treat people badly, actually, it will bring a settlement that will ruin our lives. We can't expect to, to, to be in relationship with people. You know, some people think they can just have relationships and just be mean the whole time and then just say, no, friends, it will bring, a, it'll bring a, a problem in your life. Some people think they can act in bitterness and it doesn't bring a consequence. No, there will be a day of reckoning. See, see, we know that's true, isn't it? Sometimes we fall out with people. I was thinking about this, you know, you fall out with people and it's not a big falling out, it's just one of those awkward falling outs. And, you know, a relationship has taken a turn for the worse. Something was said or something wasn't said. Things were thought. You know, things are thought worse than things that are said, aren't they? And everything's fine and you kind of live your separate lives until you end up at a wedding sitting on the same table. Now, if you sat on the table with me at a wedding, it's not you. But we find ourselves in this awkward situation. Oh, okay, now we all know that something's not quite right, and we have to try and pretend that actually it is okay. But it's not. It comes back. There's a settlement that has to be made. And we need to recognize that in our relationship with God and with people, that when things go wrong, we have to take responsibility for our actions. We can't just spend our lives blaming other people. And that's what happened to the servant. He came in, and all of a sudden the master said to him, okay, you've been borrowing my money for a long time. Let's talk about that. That's why the Bible says in Matthew 18, if you remember that you, if somebody has something against you, actually go and be reconciled to that person. Go and talk to them and work it out. Because actually, it's much easier to deal, that, deal with that and get forgiveness than it is to pretend it's not there. Because when you pretend it's not there, it just gets worse. Everybody experienced that? How many of us would have relationships with people today if we'd just been willing to say sorry early on? But somehow our pride was too strong. Somehow we felt that we were wrong and everybody else owed us an apology. We were right to carry on. We were free to do it. And the Bible says, you know, you are free to do it, but actually it might not lead to the best result in your life. Isn't it amazing how often we want God to fix things that we have absolutely created? Oh God, can you just do this? Can you just take this away? And God says, no, I won't take it away, but I will help you work it away. And that's what happens here. We realize that actually our relationships have a deficit or surplus and we need to recognize that. It says there, if a believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. You have restored them. That relationship has been invested in and your relationship begins to improve. That's the first thing we need. Second thing we need, we learn from this about forgiveness, which I think is great, is it's easy to underestimate our problems and mistakes and to overestimate everybody else's. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, listen, your footnote will tell you this. In the parable, Jesus highlights, highlights two people who have fallen into debt. It's the same thing. The first one, he has fallen, they reckon he owes 20 years' salary. That's a bit of money, isn't it? And even if you're paid as badly as I am, that's still quite a lot of money. It's a joke, okay? Lighten up. It's still quite a lot of money. 20 years' salary. Not only could he not pay it back, he had no hope of paying it back. So when he's begging, going, give me some time and I'll pay it back, the king knows full well he's got nothing, nothing to offer. He knows that if he works for the rest of his life, he's never going to pay back this money. It's a huge debt. It's out of all proportion. The second guy owes one day's wages. For me, it's about £5. It's only a few pounds. That's all he owes. He can find that money. Just give him a bit of time, he'll be able to find that money. He'll be able to work it out. And that's the disparity. That's, that's this huge scale. And somehow in his mind, this unmerciful servant can, can look at his own life and go, I deserve grace. But him, he doesn't. And God, God, Jesus is teaching us something here that's so obvious to us, but actually we need to try and take hold of the big picture here. Because what Jesus is saying is if only we understood our debt before God, we would be much kinder to people around us. If only we understood that the consequences of our sin is death. The consequences of our sin are not just an unhappy life, friends. They are an eternal judgment. And so that's, that's where you have to understand it. The consequences of our sin are not something that we can res- resolve by saying a few prayers and reading a few passages of the Bible. The consequences of our sin are not something that we can work out by being kind to people. The consequences of our sin place us under the threat of judgment. And the King has forgiven us and cancelled our debt. Well, I thought we might have a party at that point. But obviously, see, part of the problem is, is we forget how sinful we were. Or can I even say, we forget how sinful we are. We look at each other here today and we think, what oh, lovely people. It takes a bit of faith, but we can do it, can't we? We look and understand, hey, we're all... Uh, uh, but you see, don't we understand? But, 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 but then what happens is, after the service, you, you smile at someone and they don't smile back. And instantly you start to think, what's wrong with them wrong with Come on, we do, don't we? We get offended. And we get offended. And the little debt that they've accrued with us becomes larger. Why? Because we let it grow day by day. We put them on interest payments and all of a sudden before we know it actually we're offended we're divided, we won't talk to people we're fed up with people we're now starting to slag people off we're now discussing other people in a negative fashion I can just hear my mother talking to me saying David, sort yourself out and my mother-in-law's here and I'll be in more trouble with her you know, we just have to recognize it, don't we? Why? Because we will hold people's small offenses against them and ask God to cancel out our big debt. Now, I don't know this morning, but I reckon all of us, when we start to talk about forgiveness, can think of some situations or some people where this has been a problem for us. It might not be a problem now, but I bet some, some of us have had a problem. If not, still have it. And so what I want to say to you is, listen, you need to understand your sin and your debt in the light of what Jesus has done. You need to understand that God has come to give in and given you grace. And he's cancelled the debt of your sin. The debt that you could not pay. You need to understand that your life has been one withdrawal after another from the kingdom of God. And it has left you with 20 years of debt that you cannot pay on your own. You see, if you don't understand that, then you will never accept Christ as Saviour and Lord. You'll accept Christ as someone who can help you, but not someone who is Lord over you. Because you'll still believe that that debt can be settled by you. The Bible says it can't be. But there's nothing that you can do. And it's just like one of those bills that comes through the post. I was reading this week about somebody having a smart meter. And the smart meter told them that one, month, uh, one month's electricity was 9,000 pounds. So they were like phoning the utility company. This has got to be wrong, hasn't it? Please tell me it's wrong. Uh, no, 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 it's fine. No, it's wrong. There's a debt we cannot pay. And unforgiveness comes into our lives like that. It, it establishes us. So we've got to recognize what this unmerciful servant was so slow to recognize. Listen, when somebody uh, uh, offends us, we've got to recognize the scale of our offense. You know, I'm... Um, uh, many of you commented, I was, at a, I was at one of those beautiful days at Morley Hayes not long ago, you know, Morley Hayes Hotel, beautiful environment, lovely uh, lovely time to go and share with people. It was beautiful, apart from the fact there was a speeding awareness course. You walk into that beautiful environment, you know, you usually go for a nice drink and a meal with friends, but this day you're there, and, uh, and you, I walked into the lobby, you know, and there were another 20 people sitting in absolute silence just waiting for the axe to fall and you have one of those moments where you realize that everybody's on level playing field here it doesn't matter whether I broke the law by 15 miles an hour or he broke it by three we're all in the same place paying the same debt but life's not like that is it you know we have the same debt we had to sit there and do it and then we're relieved of our three points praise the Lord set free to speed another day no no set free to learn my lesson It was like a, it was like a bunch of boy racers leaving that hotel. I will tell you now, you're all looking at me. How many of us have been on speed? You don't have to put your hands up. Yeah, there's a, f- there's a few of us, isn't there? You know, don't all, don't all judge me. Look at them. Look at them. You see, we all have to do the same. But you know, the truth is, when we understand, the penalty that we have is, is, is grievous before God. Friends, that's why Jesus told the parable. Because he was trying to say, actually there's something far more serious going on here than just you and your relationships and how people upset you in life. You need to understand that your debt before the king is huge and you can't pay it. And so you need to understand, uh, you mustn't underestimate your debt And overestimate the debt of other people. That's the principle he's trying to teach us so that we treat other people kindly. Thirdly, he says this forgiveness is given, not earned. I think this is really important. Forgiveness is given, not earned. Matthew 18, 26 said, This the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, I will pay him back everything. The servant's master, the king, took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. You see, forgiveness is a gift. God chooses to forgive us. We cannot earn his forgiveness. The debt is too great. And so he chooses to pour out upon us forgiveness and grace that comes from him. The servant would have been imprisoned for life. What an amazing picture of what God has done for us in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace don't you love that don't you love it that God forgives you even though you're miserable sometimes don't you love it even though that sometimes you just are are bad do you you ever ever feel like I'm just Julius, Julius says to me sometimes I can't even believe you think like that I say but I do love, I do. You're shocked, aren't you? But hey, let's talk about your life for a minute. See, we all have it in us, don't we? We all carry it. It's, it's there in us. We, we react bad, and, and here it is. And so we need to recognise that forgiveness is a gift. It's given by us to people. It's not something that people can earn from us. You see, there is people who say, "Well, you know, if they say sorry and mean it, and then then and then they make sure that they show it, then I'll forgive them." Friends, that's not forgiveness. It's not. I'm not saying we have to be stupid but the truth is if somebody says sorry you have to forgive them it's not like well see this is why relationships break down I've seen it as a pastor because what happens is well if they say sorry and then they do this and then they do that and then they do this and then they make sure they never do this again and then they make sure they treat me like a prince or a princess for the rest of my life then we'll be happy and I say to them man you're going to be unhappy for a long time Why? Because forgiveness is not about. See, forgiveness does not depend on what they do. Forgiveness is conditional on what you do. It's about you releasing someone else from the mistake that they have made. It's about you saying, listen, I will not hold that against you any longer. We're free. You're not free if you make no mistakes in the future. Because how many of us can really ask people to be like that? How many of us have never made mistakes? How many of us have made promises and then broken them? Just me. How many of us have given our word and then not kept it? Friends, we can't ask people to keep the conditions for their forgiveness. We just have to choose to forgive and God is strong about this. This parable is strong about it. He says, you know what? If, you know, you've got to learn. It's a gift that you give. It's not, now obviously, people have to earn your trust and all of that kind of stuff. But you know, even as I say that, you know, sometimes we put ridiculous things on people. People come and say, you know what? I'm really sorry. We have to say, well, it's okay. i forgive you.'" The Bible says we have to forgive from our hearts, not from our heads. Because our heads make conditions where our hearts give love to people around us. It's one of those things that we have to put into place in our lives. Okay, we're nearly done. Every time I wipe my head, my glasses go wonky. I'm going to preach like this for the rest of the day. Isn't it nice having such a slick pastor? I, I was in Birmingham yesterday with Mark Ryan. He's so slick and smooth and nice. I mean, I'm just like... See, the Bible says this, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to defile many. See, because when we choose not to forgive people, bitterness results in our lives. Bitterness causes us all kinds of problems. Unforgiveness brings captivity. See, the the trouble is, (laughs) I don't know if I've ever had this, I don't know if you've ever had someone who won't forgive you. I have. I've had people who have been to and apologized to and said, "Look, I was wrong. Please forgive me." And they kind of look at me as if to say, "Drop dead." In fact, some of them have said, "Drop dead." And I say, "Well, I'm really sorry. I understand. I've hurt you. I'm sorry. I, I wish I could put it right." And I've walked away. And do you know what? I've walked and they said, "Well, I'm not going to forgive you today." So, no. I've walked away. Do you know what? I've walked away free because I've done everything I can. I don't go to bed at night and worry about that anymore because I've done whatever I can. If I haven't apologized, then, then I've got a problem. I've got to go and apologize. But friends, if I've been apologizing, I, I'm not going to ruin the rest of my life to try and keep someone happy who basically won't be happy unless I jump through every hoop they put down. <laughs> you see, I'm not going to jump in. But that person, every time they see me, they think friends, I used to have someone who was in our church who wouldn't shake my hand every day I stood on the door, they used to walk out and go, and I'd go, bless you and they'd walk straight past me wow in our church can you believe it? look at the person next to you, it was them why? why? because I hadn't done something wrong I hadn't done something wrong even but the truth is they couldn't forgive me for doing the thing I had to do and you know what it wasn't a problem to me but it was a problem to them because when you've got unforgiveness in your heart you can't live p- peace can you so we've all been there haven't we you see someone across a crowded room at a party and you think you think I'm not going to talk to them I'm going this way come on some of you some of you know that don't you you've been in parties and you see people and you go oh not them and you're convicted because actually you're the one who's got a problem you're the one who's not comfortable with seeing them you're the one who can't bring yourself to smile at them the problem's yours it's not theirs they've moved on they're free they're enjoying their life because I refuse to spend my life being miserable about people who won't forgive me but when you won't forgive someone you focus on your unforgiveness have you ever noticed? and every time that situation comes up it's oh oh it's so unfair I've been treated so badly my life is so and all of a sudden your world what does it do? it shrinks friends And before long, you're in captivity, being tortured by your own thoughts. Why? Because you chose unforgiveness as the master of your life, instead of receiving the mercy of the king. And you ended up in prison, just like the servant. And so we need to understand how we have to bring freedom to people. Bible says this: "Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. We've got to be kind to one another. You know we need to remember that, don't we? We've got to remember when someone makes a small offense, when someone makes a mistake, and we all do friends, don't we? Let's be honest. me <laughs> We all do, don't we? We're all capable of saying the wrong thing and doing the wrong thing, aren't we? You know, on a good day, we're all little angels, aren't we? Thank you, Jesus. we are just blown through life. And someone treats us badly and we think, get him, Jesus. Come on, it's a serious subject, friends, but it's true, isn't it? Because somehow we think that the Lord is our personal judge and he's going to be annihilating people who offend us. You know what? Because we forget that actually what we should be saying is, God, I'm not going to hold them against that. I'm not going to hold that against them, Lord, because truthfully, man, you've forgiven me of much worse than this. I've promised to be faithful to you, Lord, and I'm faithless. I promise to honor you, God, and I haven't. I promise, Lord, if you rel- relieve me of the bur- burden of my guilt, I would never sin again. And I've done it many times. God, please forgive me. Have mercy on me a sinner, Lord. And I'll have mercy on other people. That's what, that's what forgiveness is all about. It's not about holding against someone. And finally this morning, and here's maybe the most difficult one, because it maybe just upset some of our nice Christianese. God, won't overlook unforgiveness. He won't overlook it. I tell you, friends, he doesn't overlook it. When you choose not to forgive someone, you begin to live in a deficit with God, and it will ruin your life. It's serious stuff today. Friends, if unforgiveness wasn't such an issue in our world, we could all pretend this wasn't important, but the truth is it is because it breaks lives and it hurts people. And we see the scripture, this is how my Heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from the heart. Don't you wish that verse wasn't there? It's just me. Don't you wish if it just said, so try your best, boys, and everything will be okay? It doesn't. It says, this is how my Heavenly Father will treat you. In other words, if you're not willing to forgive people who hurt you, then my Heavenly Father won't forgive you. Wow. See, sometimes we get into this whole thing about, oh God, I I need some help, I need some, you know, I I can't forgive them, they've hurt me, they've hurt me. Actually, what we need to say is, God, compared to what you've forgiven me, Lord, I, I will not treat these people... With, uh, with a lack of mercy, but I'll pour out grace upon my life. That's why Jesus is telling the parable. He's trying to get us to understand that actually it's important to us. Jesus teaches us to pray, forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. And then he says these amazing words at the end of the, the Lord's Prayer in, uh, in uh, Matthew. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive their sins then your Father will not forgive your sins. See, somewhere in our minds, friends, we do this deal with God that it's okay for us to struggle with unforgiveness. It's okay for us to keep it. It's okay for us to hold it against other people. It's okay for us to treat the guy who's offended us once as if we've never offended God. And God says, I will not do that deal. It's harsh, isn't it? We want to say, deal or no deal, God. And he says, no deal. I won't do it. said but Lord I'm tithing doesn't matter I won't do it but Lord I've read all my Bible last week so it doesn't matter you're not doing it I won't do it he said Lord I pray Lord I give to the poor Lord I do all these things and he just says if you give your body to the flames but have not love, you are nothing it's so unreasonable of God to insist that we have his standard on this issue don't you think? but he does He says to us, listen, I will not overlook it because I want you to be free from the bitterness of unforgiveness. I want you to live free of it. I want you to expand your life. I want it to be free of the burden of it. I want you to be able to flourish in God's house. I want you to be able to... Friends, there are people living churches all over England and all over the West today because somebody offended them and God in heaven is going, how can they do this? Because actually this is totally against my word he's not, here's the two deal friends I don't think God really cares where we go to church he cares about how we go to church oh the pastors care about where we go But what we should care about is how we go how we are the church we had this amazing picture this morning of coals on the fire burning together And I mean if you know when you start to burn together and you start to shine and the power of God starts to work in you, you have to facilitate that with a forgiving spirit There's no point praying for revival for the nation if we can't even revive our own spirits to forgive one another. Now, I know this isn't a big deal for most of us today. Can I be honest? It's a big deal for me sometimes. I was really hurt by someone a few years ago. I've been the pastor of this church and struggled with unforgiveness. Not for a week, friends. It took about a year. It took about a year for God to say to me, Dave, if you don't let this go, you're finished. You probably wouldn't have known. Because I can get up and smile and go, Morning! Praise the Lord! Hallelujah! And inside, just angry and bitter. Is that too real this morning? Friends, I'm just trying to be honest with you. We have to be honest about this stuff. I had to come to a place where I knelt before God and say, God, we need to forgive you. Had to say to someone else, you need to forgive me. It's painful. Life lessons. But the truth is, if I want to follow Jesus, God won't do the deal. He says, No, I need you to forgive I want to shout out. But God, surely you can make an exception to me. Look at me, Lord. And God says, Well, Dave, you can think that, but that's not what my word says. And so why am I preaching this this morning? We're going to come to a close very quickly. But let me just remind you what, what it says. Here's a great verse in Matthew 5, about this very issue. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift in front of the altar, go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Wow. What it's saying is, you know what? Your worship, your fine-sounding songs, actually God hears the heart of what you offer. And if the heart of what you offer is unforgiveness to other people, he actually doesn't want it. If you read the Old Testament, you'll find that God says to his people often, your singing and music are a loud noise in my ears because your heart is not behind me. So he sends them away. He says, go and get right. Go and put it right. Why? Because forgiveness is a big deal to God. Let me draw it together. Our actions leave a deficit or a surplus in the lives of those around us. It's easy for us to underestimate our offense and to exaggerate the offense of other people before us. Forgiveness is a gift. It's not something that people have to earn. It's something that you choose to forgive. Unforgiveness leads to captivity you become trapped in this cell of bitterness. That just ruins your life. And God doesn't overlook it. He will treat us as we treat others. So what's our response? <laughs> well, thanks for this powerful, cheerful message, Dave. I'm just trying to be honest, church. You know, sometimes we don't talk about the real stuff of life, do we? But, you know, I'm telling you, friends, I've been a pastor for 25 years... Forgiveness is the biggest issue I deal with all the time. How people treat one another. How people get offended about one another. It's not massive battles against sin, although we have them. It's about the bitterness that comes. See, the enemy knows our weaknesses. So how do we respond to this? Well, firstly, we need to be thankful for what God has done for us. The Bible says, he who has been forgiven much, loves much. We need to recognize if you're forgiven today, that we should bring a joyful thanksgiving to the Lord. Amen. You need to be merciful to the weakness of others because you are weak yourself. You need to recognize when people let you down that you're prone to let other people down and treat people with grace and mercy. You need to be generous to those who have hurt you and release them from their failures. Luke 6 says this love your enemies and do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back then your reward will be great and you'll be children of the most high because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked be merciful just as your father is merciful there's something powerful about that kind of generosity for those who are in need and then be ready to ask for forgiveness when you need to John 1, sorry, 1 John 1, 9 says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from our unrighteousness. All we have to do to find forgiveness with God is to ask, to be honest enough to say, Lord, I know that I've sinned against you. Please forgive me and he will forgive us ourselves and make us and restored to him let's pray thank you for listening so patiently to God's word this morning it's been a bit of fun but we've also tried to deal with this really serious issue Now, it might be this morning that you're here today and you're not yet a follower of Jesus Christ and this parable gives you an opportunity to deal with the heart of the issue that your sin has produced a debt that you can't pay on your own. That that Jesus has come to pay that debt for you. And that you can receive a cancellation of that debt of sin just by coming and asking the Lord. And so even before we close this morning, I just want to give you an opportunity is to do what that verse tells us, to confess our sins. To say, you know what, Lord, I I know that I need to be forgiven of my sin. I know, God, that I'm separated from you. I know that stuff has come between us. And today I I choose to confess my sin to you. So just in a moment, we're going to have an opportunity for you to do that. Just for you to pray and ask God to forgive you. Just a moment between you and God. I also want to talk to us, church, believers. You need to release someone from their debt this morning. Even as I preach today, you've carried that in your heart. You know it's God's word. You might not like it. It might make you a bit irritated because sometimes conviction does that. But you know there's, there's a situation or a person that you need to release. It's not that they're captive to you, but it's, it's really about you finding freedom for yourself from their mistake and being set free to be yourself. And that's a precious thing. I'm not gonna ask you to publicly respond to that this morning, that, that wouldn't be right. But I do wanna just ask the question for someone you, you need to release today. You need to just... Maybe you don't have to talk to them personally. Or maybe, like me, you're going to have to go and talk to them and say, You know what? Please forgive me. Or, I want you to know I forgive you. Because you don't want to live in captivity anymore. Because you've received grace. So maybe you're here this morning and you know you need to receive forgiveness for your sin today. That's the king counselling your debt, wanting you to know that he will restore you to freedom. And if that's you this morning, I'd love to pray with you after the service. I'd love just to minister to you and just introduce you to the king of kings who can release you from that burden and set you free. Please come and find me. I'll just be at the front after the service. Just one or two that I really need to come into that forgiveness of sin today. Would you please stand with me, church, just before we close? I'm happy to pray with anybody over this issue, but truthfully, my brothers and sisters, it's, when you get to this situation, you don't really need prayer. You need to do it. You need to choose to forgive. And so, Father, you see us and you know us, Lord. You know everything about each one of us, Lord, a long time ago, Lord, as we came here this morning. You knew what we needed. And so, Lord, we receive your word, Lord. We receive your reign, Lord, into our lives. We thank you, God, that your word comes to strengthen us and to encourage us and to shape us, Lord, and to teach us, Lord. It comes to convict us, Lord, and to enable us to respond to you. And so, Lord, for each of us today, as we, Lord, stand before you, Lord, just uh, in your presence, Lord, we ask that your word would just take root in our lives. Lord, as we discussed last week, Lord, we pray that the seed would fall on good soil today, Lord, in our hearts, Lord, and that we would receive it, Lord, with grace and that, Lord, we would become doers of the word. Father, give us the strength, Lord, to release people, Lord, from their debts today. Lord, give us the strength, Lord, to be free for ourselves, Lord, from the burden of unforgiveness and, Lord, to enjoy, Lord, that, Lord, beautiful relationship with you. So, Lord, I bless my brothers and sisters, Lord. I thank you that we can gather together here in this place and worship you with free hearts. And I commit us to your grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless your church. Have a great day. It's a lovely day out there. Enjoy yourselves.